being a master of the flow of news now seems to not understand you can't waste days on things that don't drive the message you want to be talking about. And, and his supporters and, and people in his campaign believe most of all, you know, that what they have to do is get their message out. Yeah. And he the has, more time they spend trying yeah. to uh, explain what they meant yeah. in a comment. Just a losing, a losing way to operate. And again, I don't think Donald Trump has problems with, with strong Second Amendment advocates. I don't think he needs to spend a lot of time firing them up. The NRA is, is the group that's only one that spent major advertising money uh, on his behalf. I think his, ch his chances of winning depend in part on reaching married female voters in battleground state suburbs. And I think those voters would like to see less of this combative, uh, uh, ungracious somewhat tone-deaf side of Donald Trump. What do you think they want to see? What does Donald Trump have to do, Karen, in order to broaden his appeal beyond his core constituency? Um, certainly there is a desire on the part of this country for change. And the, if you, the number in the polls of whether the country is on the right track or the wrong track has been in, the, in negative territory since at least the financial collapse of 2008. And I think he really needs to speak to the anxieties and the thirst for change of a lot of people in this country. The problem with comments like the ones, the one that he made yesterday is, you know, number one, he steps on his own, the word pivot is becoming a cliche in this campaign, but it comes right after he, he gave a, an economic speech that was supposed to kind of launch the new substantive Donald Trump. The second problem is that it comes in the context of a lot of things that he and his supporters have been saying about Hillary Clinton. The chance of lock her up at the convention, the sort of vulgar t-shirts that people wear to his rallies, that sort of thing. And I think, you know, I think that Whatever side of the uh, you know ballot you're on on this, I, at some point this loses its its usefulness in reaching out to people who might be genuinely undecided which way to go. Uh, do you believe that more Republicans will come out and uh, a either simply say they can't support him, then perhaps say they are going to support Hillary Clinton, uh, and in case some who have endorsed will withdraw their endorsement? Does that have momentum? I think that is underway, and it is underway right now because the party is very afraid of what is going to happen to the rest of its candidates going down the ballot. Um, they are, you know, in standing in a position where they could lose control of the Senate. People are talking about even the possibility of losing control of the House, something that, that where they enjoy their strongest majorities since before the Great Depression. I mean, this would have been unthinkable some months back. But there is this question of whether Donald Trump is not only going to, you know, go down in flames himself, but to take a significant portion of the party with him. Mark? Until elected officials see it's in their own interest to break from Trump, they won't in, in large numbers. The prominent ones who have are, for the most part, people who are retiring or are not on the ballot this year or from states or districts where Trump isn't as popular. That explains Susan Collins. Yeah, Susan Collins is, is, is so popular in Maine, she can do whatever she wants. She's not up for election this year. George P. Bush, Texas official, Jeb Bush's son, uh, President Bush 41's grandson, came out over the weekend and said, people should vote for Trump, I'm for Trump. I think there's no clear example of, of the uh, degree to which people with political aspirations in red states or red congressional districts will continue to be loyal to Trump until and unless his numbers amongst Republicans really fall. There, is there any thing to this argument that somehow 
this is becoming a moral choice, you know, and you will be judged as to where you stood on Donald Trump. That's a narrative that a lot of Democrats are pushing. It's a narrative a lot of reporters, I think, talk about. It's a narrative for a lot of spouses and children of Republican uh, office holders, for sure. It is not something that I think is, is existing in large numbers. You remember where we are now. We're in August. Members of Congress and most Republican politicians are not talking to each other. They're not talking much to their pollsters or their advisors. They're off on vacation or off doing things that don't have them in the kind of hothouse atmosphere of Capitol Hill when Congress is in session. There are debates coming up. I think the combination of, uh, of the, the lack of uh, chatter around them and the fact that Trump, they feel, could turn things around in the debates mean they're not thinking about this in moral terms right now. They're just thinking about it in cold, hard political terms. After the first debate, if Trump hasn't done well, if his poll numbers are like they are now, then I think.